Um, I'm also so, actively falling apart right now. Huh? I'm actively falling apart right now because um, Kaylee Cuoco did not win an Emmy. Or were the Emmys tonight? Yeah, they're happen- they are or were happening. And Kaylee lost to Gene Smart for Hacks, which oh, I get. Yeah. Like, that's if anything was going to beat her, it was going to be that. But I just think um, she deserves to be recognized for what she did because it was really beautiful. Yeah. I didn't know the Emmys were tonight. Um, I mean, they kind of have been going on for the past week as they give all the, like the technical and the smaller awards mm-hmm. and like the big televised ceremonies tonight. One, two, three, four, guys! Falling in love is such an easy thing to do. Let's get to it. Yeah. Please can do it. Yeah. Let's stop talking. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's fall in love. Well, I don't even know if I would enjoy having a dog. I don't know if your cats thing. would enjoy having a dog around. Fern has met a dog once. But... Meeting a dog is a lot different than living with a dog. Oh, yeah, I know. But she did not I even a like cat meeting before a dog. Linus, and that was a wonderful experience. And now I live with Linus. And um, I frequently threaten to throw him in the swimming pool. Yeah, it's just... Here's the thing. Is that I would need a dog that doesn't smell. And you're already asking for too much. (laughs) I know. But, like, today I was petting a dog at the cafe, and then I was like, oh my god, my hand smells like dog. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen. What is that about? Oh. Did you have dogs growing up? Yeah, I had one dog without any cats, so thank you. What kind of dog was it? Uh, Chocolate Lab. He was a sweet boy. He what used to sit name? on our porch swing. What was his name? His name was Baxter. Huh? Oh. How long did you have him? Oh. Probably like 12 to 14 years. From the time I was pretty little to, I believe I was a sophomore in high school when he died. Oh my god. Yeah, he got hit by a car. That was a sad day. That is so sad. Yeah. He was in poor health. And that was like the third car he'd been hit by. When we were little, my uncle was watching him while we were away, and he got off of his leash. Um, And my uncle hit him with the trailer that was attached to his car, and then the car afterwards. And then he had a big bald spot, you know, on his side for several months and then a lighter colored patch of fur there for the rest of his life oh that's so sweet it's sweet that he got hit by a car (laughs) and disfigured permanently (laughs) no but like that his hair was always a little bit lighter yeah you could always see like the outline but no he was a good dog i liked him he was more he was an outdoor dog like he came in at night to sleep but for the most part he was outdoors and like he would swim in our pond, and he would frequently run away, but he would always come back. You know, like he just like and to he'd run. run into your. I remember you have a dog yeah. now because he'd run into yeah. your neighbors. Fuck, he'd run into your neighbors. Yeah, and they'd call the police constantly <laughs> because he was okay. in their yard. Which it's like there's worse animals that are getting in your yard where we live. There's a mink ranch that has escaped mink sometimes, <laughs> and those are so much worse. Um, yeah, I never had dogs growing up. I had cats. When I was really young, we had Boris and Natasha. 
Oh. Who were named after the... What's that show about the moose? My dad named them. Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yeah. They're, that's like, I think it's the two villains in that show are named Boris and Natasha, so that was our cat's names. I think and this might be the root of the difference, because I'd say I'm more of a dog person, generally. Really? For sure. I never... Like, like I do like you like cats. the smell of dog? I don't notice it that much, but I also, like I said, I've never had, like, an indoor-indoor dog. Gotcha. Um... You like having to pick up their poop? I mean, I pick up Linus's poop. I guess. More frequently, almost. He do be taking stinky dumps. But, um... Please don't put that on the pod. I don't need people <laughs> knowing that about Linus. Um, and he is actually very embarrassed that you said that. He did just run and hide. He's very sad. But, um... No, like I said, I've never had a dog in, like, my adult life or since I was 16, so. Yeah. But the only reason that I have Linus and not a dog right now is just because I'm not ready for the responsibility of, like, moving around with a dog and, like, you know, training and taking one out and stuff. Um, And Linus was just kind of like a series of events happened where he was available and he needed a loving home. And since they couldn't find one, they gave them to me. <laughs> it's a heart. Anyway, um, well, I got really emotional thinking about the way that my cats smell. They just smell so good. Anyway, um, <laughs> like the way that they smell is just so good. Anyway, so should we uh, get into? Yeah. Welcome to Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. My name is Aaron, and my name is Jesse. Today we are covering season three, episode two, Accentuate the Positive. What? That makes literally no sense that that's yeah. the title of this. And you know what? Now that you said it, I remember reading it and being like, I can't imagine what this is about. Yeah. And now having watched the episode, I still can't imagine what that is about. It was written by Jeffrey Rogers. It had an audience of 2.8 million and it aired on June 14th, 2010. 14th, you say? Yeah. I might have gotten the wrong date, but I might keep my article regardless. Nope, no, I did get the right date. Hell yeah. What, what's what's the plan? Oh, I thought you were going to go. Oh, I didn't know if you wanted me to or if you wanted to go. Um, mine is very topical in a way, but not in the way you might be expecting. Um, do you have your phone on you? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to send you a message in just a second to show you how this is topical. And I want to see if you can guess. But my headline is from the New York Post, whatever. We know it's not great news, whatever. It has the most accessible archive, and I can actually read the stories. And the headline is, the ready set is raring to go. Do you remember the ready set? Yes. Love like whoa? Okay, I'm sending you this picture, and I want you to tell me why you think it's relevant to this program. Is that the, like, lead singer? Yeah, the, the only singer. The Ready Set was one person. It was from oh. that time in punk music where there was one person who had a band name, like Owl City or... Oh, okay. The Ready Set. Um, It relates to the show because he has a classic Amy Jurgens fit on, down to the hair. Oh my goodness, the swoop bang. The swoop bang, the flannel, the little necklace. Um, 
I figured that related enough that this was a worthwhile story to go down. And how could I say no when he's got a love like whoa? This boy looks like a butch lesbian. Yeah, I miss emo scene stuff, you know? <laughs> Do you think Amy Jurgens is listening to the ready set? If she had those bangs, of course. <laughs> I would be surprised if we didn't have an episode that featured Love Like Woe in the background. Yeah. Okay, so my article is from June 14th, 2010, and it's from the New York Times. It's by Claudia LaRocco. I love her. What's she have to say? Um, her last name looks like the Rococo era of art. You remember oh, the that Rococo from our... um, pizza place owned by Rocky, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's in their dance section, and it says the Fresh Tutu Brigade. Hot. Shrinking budgets, rising costs, and an imperiled garment district makes it, makes it extremely... Can I read? <laughs> Shrinking budgets, rising costs, and an imperiled garment district makes it increasingly difficult to keep city ballets... City Ballet's costumes looking fresh. I get that. The New York City Ballet. That's probably, yeah, I'm guessing the budget shrank and then probably increased in a year or so when Black Swan came out. I, number one, I picked this article based on something that recently happened in my life, which is that I read the graphic novel called The Prince and the Dressmaker. Hot. Have you read this graphic novel? No, it just sounds very hot. You should definitely read it. But also, one thing I'm excited for when, you know, COVID is finally over and we can go to, like, in-person things inside with, like, relative, you know, whatever, is I used to love to go to the opera. I'm happy that you have that. Yeah. You're very Have you ever been to the ballet? I went to see the Nutcracker for a girls' night in college. Yeah. I got invited along to girls' night, which is, like, it's wild how, like, Christian girls love gay people but don't realize it, you know? Yeah. But it is so fun. I love that stuff. I love costuming. In another life, I would have loved... I didn't discover my love of sewing, like I make my I make a lot of my own clothes now, but I didn't discover my love for that until like two years ago. Yeah, I wish I had gone to like college for like I don't know costume design. That would have been so oh, cool. Yeah, but oh well. But. Anyway, okay, so we can get into the episode. Uh. Um, this Secret Life, the worst show in the world. This episode was so entertaining. Was it, though? It was so messy. I couldn't tell if I was having fun or if I was in physical pain. I was having fun. My notes are very funny, in my opinion, so... Okay, well, I'll be the judge. Okay, so we open in Ben's bedroom, and he's, like, leaving a message for Ricky in his voicemail, saying, like, thank you for making me, like, go over to Amy's house last night, whatever. And then Alice and Henry bust in... I'm assuming this is, like, before school. It must be, because everyone has so much time before school for some reason. And they come in, and Alice is like, here's the research you ordered about how pregnancy tests are always right. And she's... 
Secret Life does take place in a universe where it is not possible for there to be a false or a wrong pregnancy test. Or for someone to miscarry. Yeah. Neither the of those things of are people, possible. Like, I know several people who have been considering abortion and then have miscarried before. Yeah. They could get one. And so... I, I will say it's... It's very, I always feel, or I don't always feel weird, it's been two episodes, but it's, like, it's funny, um, because, like, we as the viewers know already that Adrian did, in fact, lie, like, everyone mm-hmm. keeps on telling people, but we hit back so hard because, like, they don't know that she lied, so, like, mm-hmm. it's just a fun little thing that, like, you know, it's funny yeah. that we're, like, oh, like, there's so many ways that she couldn't have lied. Like, it's not a guarantee that she lied, even though we already know that she lied. I yeah, just think yeah. that's, like, it makes me but giggle it's just a like, But it's, it's like, they don't know that, and they're being asses about it, frankly. Like, literally, what, we'll see the conversation between Jeff and Grayson a little bit, but, oh, like, he's an OB. G-Y-N. He, yeah. As well. he does not acknowledge the fact that, like, she could have miscarried yeah. or whatever. There's also, know? there's something I, I will bring up when we get to that conversation. But, like, yeah. But, no. Also, there's like not the nuance. Also, around pregnancy loss is, yeah. like, horrible. But anyway. So, Alice is like, hey, Adrian's a bitch and a liar. You want to make sure she's not lying because, you know, then you can abort this baby. Which is wild. Because, like, she's like, oh, you want to make sure you have the options. But, like, Adrian... Has like more or less made a decision at this point. Yeah. So like, she doesn't need to know any faster, and like he doesn't really need to. If she's pushing him to have her get an abortion or whatever, she doesn't need to worry because it's already going to happen. Mm-hmm. And Ben is like, "Shut the fuck up! This chapter in my life is closed. I'm beginning a new chapter with Amy. Ugh. Amy's my family now." So gross. Disgusting. So then we go to Ruben and Adrian in their kitchen, and he's basically like, I work all the time, and your mother is working and won't be home till Friday. There's no groceries. Here's some money so you can go pick us up some food. And she's like, why? Pizza for breakfast is great. Which, and then point Adrian, leaves. pizza for breakfast can be really fun. She Which... opens the pizza box, he leaves, and she's like... Oh, my stomach. I'm going to fucking throw up. Which So then we go to Ricky's how apartment. How fast does morning sickness start? Pretty pretty soon. Okay. It's I just For can't a lot of remember. people they say that it like start it's like lasts all through the first trimester, which is your first 12 weeks. Uh, like 13 weeks, whatever, but um it lasts typically longer than that. Yeah. I think most people see relief around, like, the 17 or 18-week mark. Yeah. I just know Um, my morning sickness never subsided. I've been in mourning (laughs) for years. But it is... Usually morning sickness is, like... It usually, number one, lasts all day. Oh, so then why is it morning sickness? a misnomer. (laughs) Because primarily it's usually when, like, your... When your blood sugar gets a little bit unstable and you're, like... And that's most likely So if you haven't eaten in, like... Some people find it really helpful to eat every two hours on the dot. Eat something, oh. fill their stomach, and then whatever. So when you wake up in the morning and you haven't eaten for like six to eight hours. You haven't like, broken your fast yet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and some people never have morning sickness, and those are God's favorites. 
That's what I'm always saying. Yeah. I can't wait till you get pregnant. I won't. Okay. (laughs) I have no desire to carry a child in my womb. So... I keep that for extra storage. (laughs) You put Linus in there sometimes? That's disgusting. (laughs) And would be so painful, because he would claw around like a motherfucker. (laughs) I was thinking of you having, like, a pouch like a kangaroo. So, like, do you think the kangaroo's pouch goes straight into the uterus? No. (laughs) But in this scenario... Did you know that kangaroos have three vaginas? No. Or is it three penises? This is how misinformation spreads, and I would like to apologize. Um, kangaroos, three vaginas. Yeah, kangaroos do have three vaginas. Thank goodness. <laughs> Did you just Google search two kangaroos have three vaginas? No, I Google searched kangaroos three vaginas. Um, only the middle one, that's where, like, the joey shoots out into the world. Okay, and male marsupials often have two-pronged penises, so... Okay. That's actually, like, a really good system. I think we should maybe adopt that, because, like, apparently the side um, vaginas carry sperm to the two uteri, um, and the middle vagina uteruses? shoots the baby out. So you can kind of make a... It really streamlines the production process. It's like, um, it's a water slide with two staircases. For sure. Exactly. <laughs> I so, also, I think, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and this one I'm not going to Google... But, like, I believe um, kangaroos can kind of shift where their testicles are. Like, they're kind of movable on the body. It depends if they got the vaccine or not and how swollen they are. That's so true. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Oh, the kangaroo testicles are above the penis and highly mobile. (laughs) What did you Google search for that one? Oh, I'm still on the vagina page. Oh, okay, great. So... We go to Ricky's apartment. He's listening to Ben's voicemail. Uh-oh. He hears Alice and Henry's convo with Ben. Which... Ben, how do you not know how to hang up a fucking phone? Yeah. Like, there's no reason for this to be... <sighs> lordy, lordy. Deliver me, you know? Also, the music in this situation as Ben's overhearing that, like, Adrian is pregnant or whatever. It's, like, sad piano, and then immediately we go to falling in love. I just it's such an easy thing The more to we do. watch this, I just think maybe they should have gone a different direction with the theme. My, I wrote um, that we should have a petition to remove it from all following episodes unless... The episode contains Avril Lavigne's girlfriend. Oh. Okay, so after the theme, we go to Amy's bedroom. Guess what? Amy and Ashley are in conflict again. Every time the episode starts out with Amy being like, I'm not speaking with you. And every time I have to scramble in my mind to remember why they're angry at each other. Yeah. This was one of the easier ones because the birth control blow up. But... yeah. 
I think Amy should realize that Ashley didn't do it on purpose, and I think Ashley should own that she didn't do it on purpose instead of acting like she did do it on purpose. Yeah. Also, the fight that they have is, like, very, very... That's a very... I don't know. This little bit where Ashley comes in and she's like, Mom says we're going to be late. She's like, oh, I thought you were talking to me. And she was like, well, Mom... I said, Mom says, not me. I'm not talking to you. I said, Mom says... I am the Metatron right now. I am the voice of Mom. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? That feels like a fight I w- or like an argument I would have with a sibling. But when I was like 12, yeah, not Yeah, it's 16. very, I'm not touching you, you know? Yeah. So let's let's work on our maturity, girls, okay? Um, we find out Amy is not having sex with Ben. Good for her. She just has the pills in case she changed her mind. So that's the same reason Ashley has hers. Which is wild that Ashley like attacks her with the same like... Well, if you're not having sex with Ben, then why do you need the pill? And it's like, yeah. Ashley, you literally understand this. You literally Ashley, got you on literally, birth control for the exact same reason. You literally watched John shoot out of her middle vagina. Yeah. Did you know because kangaroos have three vaginas, they can be perpetually pregnant because they have two uteruses. They can be pr- working on, you know, they can have a bun in one oven while the other one comes out, which they can then refill. Like, you could... Real baby-making factory hours in there. That's like I know some people who just, like, had babies, and maybe not even that close, but they did, like, extended breastfeeding or something, and so they just, like, lactated for, like, years. Yeah, that's like... like, God bless you, honestly. The Duggars see a kangaroo and are like, God, I wish that were me, you know? Huh? The Duggars see a kangaroo and they're like, God, I wish that were me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm cutting that from the podcast. Why? (laughs) They have like the most toxic fans. The Duggar stands. mm, How can you be a Duggar stand? They're like legitimately bad people. Oh, okay. I I didn't know. Well, the thing is with fandoms, you can never tell because the worst people have the worst stands. Okay, so Ashley leaves Amy's room and bumps into George. Um, And she's like, I'm talking to Amy. I'm a liar. And George is like, okay, well, it's good because I want the illusion of a happy family. Gross. And Ashley is like, why would we pretend to be a happy family when we could just move out again? I was um, very um, Christian vibes of like, I don't care if we actually have the perfect family. We just need to put on the appearance of having the person perfect family. Yeah. And then Ashley's like, well, if we're not going to move out together, I'm going to move out on my own. You can have my room on my little apartment which ashley's basically moved out already living in the garage like what more could she possibly want anywhere she goes is gonna have considerably more surveillance ashley is literally the epitome of someone who wants to be oppressed yes for sure and yeah 100 percent. i can't even like build on that because that's so (laughs) Like a perfect like take. that just clicked for me. No, that just once you said it, I'm like, this is why she's been pissing me off lately because she's literally like the white person who's like, well, then how come they can call me a cracker? You know? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, she is everyone we went to college with. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you know what? I'm gonna move into Adrian's house. In fact, I'm gonna go get a ride with Adrian right now. Um. Like, and also, she says something about how, like, Ben and Amy are back together, whatever. And George is, like, 
pissed about it and he barges into Amy's room and he's like, Amy, that outfit is too sexy and this is a normal thing for me to say as your father. You're, the clothes you wear equals that you are a slut. You are a bad person. Yeah, no notes. I think that was fine. Yeah. You can see her, like, her shirt is below her, like, the top of her bra line. But, like, so she'd probably get in trouble at school. Yeah. But that's bullshit. And, like, whatever. I don't know. It's a sort of outfit. Like, Emma Stone, for sure, could wear it to school in Easy A and not get dress code violated. So, mm-hmm. like, I think it's fine. I That's think... the thing. Like, it was a little, I guess it was a little, like, low cut and short, but it wasn't sexy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Like, it looks like a casual outfit. Yeah, I think what she's wearing is fine. So, George is also like, oh, we're having a family dinner tonight. Amy's like, well, I was going to have dinner with Ben. Ben's my family now. Again, it seems like it's a school night. I just feel like y- you should ask your parents if you can go out for dinner they never check a single thing with their parents that's just like wild to me that's what like anytime i was asked to do something my first step was to text my parents and if it was a school night i knew there was a good chance the answer was yeah like i don't know anyway whatever yeah no i definitely would be clearing that before i committed to these plans George and Anne are, number one, as you say, addicted to being bad parents, but also just, like, addicted to, like, not setting healthy boundaries with their kids. Not even boundaries around, like, their emotions or whatever, but just, like, physical boundaries around space and, like, the way they operate as a family. Well, and you know what? I will, They do finally, finally touch on this later in the episode, but, like, Anne and George are constantly undermining each other, too. Which, oh, my God. Like, both children know how to play them against each other and it yeah i'm hoping that'll finally be resolved because that was finally tinily brought up at the end of this episode but um no it's just there's no communication in this household and i can't imagine it will stay together if they keep doing this yeah and then also amy says something about Anne, and she's like oh mom said we were gonna be late and george is like what are you talking about your mom's at the gym and Amy gets pissed that Ashley, like, lied about her mom saying they were going to be late. And it's like, fuck you, Amy. Like, that's, like, so minor. Why are you so pissed? Whatever. Well, I think, I don't know. I I thought it was silly to get that angry about it. But I'm also like, you know what? Your sister did just, like, reveal your birth control. And now your parents are pissy with you. So, like, I kind of get it. But from her perspective, not that it's, like, morally objectively right. I just think everyone in this family makes everything such a big deal. Also, I'm just, like, pissed at Amy and Ashley this entire episode because of their dumb conflict. Yeah. They just literally... I'm begging this family to communicate in any way, Remember shape, or form. Remember when Ashley was the first person that Amy told that she was pregnant? And then Ashley was like, you're going to need a friend in this house. And then she proceeded to be a total bitch for the next three seasons? Yeah. I... Again, this is jumping a little ahead, but I got so angry at Ashley this episode just because the way she treats literally everyone that's not Amy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I am livid 
at the way she's been treating her sister after, again, convincing her to keep the baby by promising to help frequently. And yeah. then, like, pissing and moaning every time she does need to help. And also, she wanted her parents to get back together so badly. And then the second they did, she starts, like, actively playing them against each other again. And again, I'm not saying any of this is necessarily Ashley's fault as a person I who am. has never been taught good, ba- like, never been held to boundaries, never taught any coping skills. But please, have this girl assessed... Get her into an intensive outpatient. Get her in some therapy. Well, again, I just think her relationship with George has ruined her as a person. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, that's she needs to go to therapy to deal with her relationship with George. Well, for sure. And, like, I think, again, every time it feels like she's about to, like, realize how absolutely fucked the way that George, like, plays her against the rest of the family and uses her as a pawn... And every time she acknowledges it, like, immediately afterwards, nothing comes of it. So I'm hoping this episode finally sticks. Whatever. Again, getting a little ahead of ourselves, but... So, George says that Ben can come over for dinner, and Amy is, like, mad that, like, Ben can come over for dinner? That's, like, a very normal thing. That's, like, an exciting thing when you're, like significant others allowed to also when you're in high school i feel like so much of what you do when you're like dating someone is like spending time with their family or them spending time with your family because you're in high school yeah and you live with your family yeah unless you're ricky or ben for the past however many weeks that leo and betty have been fucking yeah that's true their way through europe or wherever yeah so um ashley just barges into adrian's house and she's like why the fuck does it smell like vomit? And then Ashley starts, like, taking care of it. And she's like, I'm going to get the pizza out of here for you. And, like, Which... I'll clean up. Because I guess Adrian, like, threw up on the ground instead of just turning around and doing it in the sink. Which is fine. You always you can't always make it. And you can't always, like, think rationally at that point, too. Like, because it yeah. seems like she left the kitchen to vomit instead of using one of the, like, seven appliances in the kitchen. Or just stepping outside, which would have... Um, maybe helped but you know in the moment anyway this is the first point i noticed like how is ashley so so good with like adrian and like taking care of her and the second amy asks for literally any help she's like fuck you bitch what are you doing yeah (sighs) ashley offers to stay home with adrian and adrian's like why would you do that and Ashley, instead of being like, oh, because I'm a nice person, she's like, miss school? Are you kidding? Fuck school. This, in this moment, Ashley reminds me of um, Shion from the hit JRPG Tales of Arise, which has released as of a few weeks ago, um, in that she'll do nice things, but she'll never admit that she's doing a nice thing. Yeah, you know, like she's embarrassed to be like, "Oh, like I want to help you." She has to be like, "Well, it's it's I'm it's something's in it for me, and that's why mm-hmm. it's okay." Yeah, and she's like, "Also, you know, like no one has to know why you're missing school. We can just say that you have the flu or whatever." And I was like, "Ashley, you're yeah. such a good liar." And we can talk. Um, Ashley tells Adrian that she can talk to her she's like you know i've been through this before with amy yeah and look how well you treated amy during this whole time like ashley i would not want i'd like unless they had some like it's like i promise i won't tell my dad yeah if i'm adrian i'm sending her away immediately because she did immediately tell her father 
Yeah. Ugh. So we go to the Bowman house. I guess it's the Zagay house now. Pretty Zagay, if you ask me. I have a joke about that later, yeah. Hot. But um, so Jeff and Grace are talking in the Bowman kitchen about how pregnancy tests are accurate when taken correctly. And this is and what Jeff I want to highlight immediately. When taken correctly... So yeah. many people, if you're not used to taking a pregnancy test, which most people aren't, aren't taking them correctly or they aren't following the instructions to a T. You know what? I just got a pregnancy test done when I was in the emergency room. And they told me I wasn't pregnant. Oh. I thought you were going to reveal on the pod. No. <laughs> I was kind of shitting bricks because I was like, is it mine? <laughs> and I didn't know if it was going to be better or worse if it was, you know? Yeah, Jesse, I'm actually revealing to you that I am pregnant with your child on the podcast. Damn it, this Holy Spirit semen that I got really just... <laughs> it was when we were in that hot tub together. Oh, I knew that was a mistake. <laughs> Shit. So I'm going to have to give up my football scholarship. <laughs> also, like, Jeff, again, like, you should... Be aware that, like, you could miscarry at any point during a fucking pregnancy. So, like, she could be positive one day and then get her period. Yeah. That's a thing that literally happens. Like, you can be pregnant and then not be pregnant anymore. Yeah. The fact that that's never even presented as an option. Um, I mean, in a way, it does. Adrian must be lying. She has Satan inside of her. Yeah, because he does. The whole culmination is, like there's a chance that maybe she was pregnant and isn't pregnant anymore because she had an abortion. Um, and he does Grace is just like, I asked her nicely not to do that. So of course she wouldn't do that. Yeah. Jeff, you asshole. And it's actually pretty fucked up that you would imply that she would have an abortion. And I was just waiting for Jeff to say something about abor- abortion, not being like a moral failure or something. Yeah. And he refuses. <laughs> well, Grace kind of storms out before he's able to do that. I don't know that he was going to. I like to believe that, you know, his mother is very liberal. He's the only confirmed Democrat in this show. <laughs> but the thing is, is he even? he's as, you he's know. A thir- he's a Green Party member. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I don't know. As a... As a <laughs> Should we... What? Should we start um, insulting the Green Party on this podcast? I have no notes for the Green Party. <laughs> I also have no notes for Mostly the Green Party. Mostly because... They're quiet enough that I don't really know what their deal is, you know? I just know, the most I know about the Green Party is that... They lost the the election for Hillary, for sure. The main character joins the Green Party office of Philadelphia at the end of such a fun age. Yeah. Well, she actually works there throughout the whole thing on the side. Well, yeah, I know, but, like, she she gets a full-time job with benefits, okay? Yeah, I know. Spoilers, for sure. But, um... That's the thing. I would love to make fun of the Green Party if I do literally anything about them. (laughs) I just know that um, Jill Stein catches several strays a week every time that um, people want to blame anyone other than Republicans for the Trump years. Yeah. So It's just so wild. All you need to do is blame Republicans. That's all you need to do. You do not need to, like... Jill yeah. Stein and Bernie Sanders are out here catching multiple strays every single week. And for what? Yeah. Exactly. There were more people who... Whatever. I don't care. I don't care enough <laughs> to get into this. Um, 55% of white women. Let's talk about that. And you know what white woman in particular? Jill Stein. <laughs> it's 
stop that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, um, uh, so Kathleen, blah, 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 blah. so Grace storms out. Tom comes in, and Jeff is like, "Hey, you lazy piece of shit, get a fucking job." And Tom's like, "In this economy." Which yeah. is very funny. In this economy? Which, thank you, Tom. <laughs> and then Tom leaves and Kathleen comes in and is like, oh, Tom had a job, but he punched a customer for saying a rude comment to a woman he worked with, so they fired him. And she's like, it was a really rude comment. So I was like, so I'm hearing that Tom... Is justified. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. He looks happy and healthy. It's just, it's funny... They keep on trying to sell us on Tom's anger management problem, and we've never really seen... I want to see him punch a hole in the wall. Yeah. I want to see him do anything other than, like, castrate Jack with a football, (laughs) you know? (laughs) I want to see him Um, go off. And then Kathleen asks how it went with Grace, and Jeff says, do you want her to hate me? Which, Um, I will say, Kathleen, you know your daughter. You know it's not a good idea to have Jeff be the one to be like, maybe your friend had an abortion. Yeah. But she also probably knows enough to be like, I don't want her to hate me. Yeah. So then we go to school. I just have the no agony because every scene that takes place in the school now makes me want to die. Well, because you know it's going to take 10 to 15 minutes with no reprieve. So we start with Alice and Henry and Ben, and he's like, what should I do with for dinner with Amy tonight? And Henry's like... Wings, dude. Wings? He's like, no, I want to do something nicer than wings. Which is fucked up. Wings can be nice, and I think people need to respect that. Yeah. I go to fancy restaurants and order their wings all the time. <laughs> and they're not that good. Um... Ben hasn't called Grace and, like, let her down. Yeah, and he's not going to, because why should she have to find out from him? That's just going to make her feel bad. Yeah. It's like, Ben, you are literally the worst person I've seen on God's green earth. Yeah. And then Ben gets, like, pissed at Alice for, like, not letting the whole Adrian thing go. He's like, end of conversation. Then he immediately... Honestly, good for him for standing up. Because she's been kind of on some major bullshit. I hate this whole... Alice is such a I'm not like other girls person. 100%. Where she's like, this girl is such a lying, conniving bitch. Like, you can't trust anything Adrian says. When like, really? Yes. Okay. Yes, we know that Adrian's lying. Whatever. But yeah. But they Ben don't. has <laughs> no reason to believe that Adrian would lie about this. No, for sure. It's actually ridiculous, but, you know, Alice just wants to be a cool girl. You know, she wants to be a hot, funny, brilliant woman who adores football, poker, dirty jokes, and burping. Who plays video games, drinks cheap beer, loves threesomes and anal sex, and jams hot dogs and hamburgers into her mouth like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang while somehow maintaining a size two because cool girls are above all hot. Hot and understanding. Cool girls never get angry. They only smile in a chagrined, loving manner and let their men do whatever they want. Go ahead. Shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. That's Alice. I hate Gone Girl. (laughs) What? You don't love a she-eo? No. (laughs) So. um, I'm sorry. Like, I, I never saw the movie, but that monologue is my favorite thing on Have you read the book? Yeah, I read the book in high school for sure. It's Anne Hathaway's favorite rom-com. Did you not see that video? 
No. On a late night show, someone's like, oh, what's your favorite romantic comedy? And she's like, oh, Gone Girl. <laughs> what? What did I say? <laughs> so It was on her comeback tour after Hollywood decided she wasn't such a big bitch anymore, I guess. <laughs> this was after she sent back uh, a poached egg five times or whatever. <laughs> God, I wish that were me. <laughs> so, um, man, I want to watch the Devil Wars Prada now. Okay, anyway. Oh. So, Ben runs into Grace in the hallway, and Grace is like, Yeah, I know you were at Amy's. Adrian told me. Yeah. Were you ever going to Amy are back together? And Ben is like, Yeah, you know, like, you know, I really like you, Grace, but Amy and I have, a, have history together. And I was like, The class? Oh, I get it. Like, like the history class, they have it together. Like they have yeah, history together. He's like, yeah. Grace, I can't date you because we don't have hi- we don't have the same history. Yeah, we're teacher. not even in period two English together anymore. You know, like. Yeah. Um, um. And then Grace says some bullshit about like, oh, I'm sa- I'm disappointed because you're a really great guy or you're a nice guy. Well, she's like, she's like, I'm disappointed, but I understand. I want you to be happy, whatever, which is like emotionally intelligent. And like, I'm glad she was able to verbalize that she was disappointed yes. and she understood. I like but that. Then but then immediately she, like, but you're because you're such a nice guy. Yeah, she fucks it up because she's like, I'm sorry, Adrian's such a bitch and put you through that pregnancy scare. And like, Adrian's a bitch and I can't believe she'd get pregnant. What a fucking bitch thing to do. To such a nice guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ricky comes into the school and he meets up with Jack because Jack is like, who are you looking for? And Ricky's like, shut the fuck up. And Jack's like, hey, listen, can I move in with you or can I just lie and say that I move in with you and like be homeless, I guess? And Ricky's like, I already got one kid. I don't need another one. (laughs) I thought that was so (laughs) funny. Such a good line. Also, hear me out domestic spinoff of jack and ricky raising john together it's just the odd couple but with a baby yeah and they're a nice or, um, it's like full house but also it's the freeform hit baby daddy i do think they should have done a full house format instead of the bullshit that they put together for this program yeah i think every i think everyone should have just lived in the high school they kind of do yeah that's true so Ricky then runs into Grant and Griffin, which and Grant is like terrifying hey. behavior. First <laughs> yeah. of all, it's like, hey, I'm gonna take my eighth try at graduating high school, so I'm transferring here this time. <laughs> oh my god, he's like, hey, do you know where I can buy some marijuana? No, okay, well, I'm selling, so yeah, he's actually this is where we find out that he is 21 jump streeting for sure, like, he is an undercover. Oh, cop. yeah. Yeah. Um, but an undercover libertarian cop, so that's why it's okay for him to date <laughs> Ashley on the side. Grant says that he's transferring in the fall, and Ricky is like, stay away from Ashley. So then Grant and Griffin, we have them just talking, and Griffin is like, Grant, stop your being so weird transferring here. Ashley is going to hate it. And he's like, no, 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 like, I need to be here. And I don't mean that in, like, a stalker way. It's like, like, if you ever have to make that qualification, it means you shouldn't be doing whatever you're doing, yeah. for sure. And he's like, 
Ashley needs me. And Griffin is like, um, also, if you come here, we can literally never interact with each other. Because when people see two cousins who are friends, they automatically think that they are doing the incest thing. That's true. <laughs> I've never seen a cousin friend pair that I I went to high school with one of my cousins. Well? I can confidently say we have never kissed. Okay. I didn't go to high school with any of my first cousins. I had a few, like, second or third cousins in there, but, um... Yeah. Yeah, I think... I don't know, maybe it's different if you're openly gay and people are looking for a scandal yeah, anyway. Maybe. So I'll give it to them. Also, but I... homophobia doesn't exist in this world, Jesse. Uh, it doesn't exist to the straight people, for sure. It exists for Griffin and no one else, and no one else can fathom that it's happening. But, um... I will say, even if that's not the case, I totally get lying because you don't want to spend time with Grant. Like, he kind of Oh, sucks. yeah, for sure. <laughs> he... De- yeah, I... Anyway. Oh, Grant gives off some, like, homophobic vibes. I don't know. I didn't really pay attention. This was so boring to me. Did, did he say Grant something homophobic, like, or did, was it just his general aesthetic? Because that is homophobic to me. I honestly couldn't tell you. This, I hate him. <laughs> um, And Grant is literally only transferring for Ashley. Yikes. Okay, whatever. So Also, we find out the date at the wedding is someone we're probably never going to see again. Oh, this is the homophobic thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because he he's like, like, oh, he needed. To, he was having a tough time and he needed to get out. And Grant's like, oh, he wasn't out. Ugh. Like, what do you even mean by that? Ricky calls Ashley and spills about Grant, and Ashley is like sufficiently creeped out. I think that's good. And he's like, also, where are you? And Adrian comes into the room saying Ashley, and she immediately hangs up. But Ricky definitely heard Adrian. Whatever. Ashley lies to Adrian and says Ricky called her because Amy is looking for her. I don't know why she wouldn't just say, like, Ricky called me because, you know, my weird ex-boyfriend yeah, who like, threw a glass at a wedding is transferring to my school. This is going to become, like, a Lifetime murder movie for sure. Yeah, Ashley is going to go missing in the next three episodes and it's going to turn into the podcast serial. I forgot that happened. Oh, my Lord. So many, so many red flags with this man. Um, Adrian, Ashley asks Adrian if she's in love with Ricky and Adrian's like, no, not anymore. I don't think I could be. Um, and Ashley is like making hard eyes because she loves Ricky or like has feelings for him, which is so gross. I mean, I, okay. Number one, I understand like, especially if you're a younger sibling, finding whoever, your older sibling is like friends with or whatever like attractive but i hate the like opposite where like ricky is like interested in ashley that's gross to me it's okay for ashley to be interested in ricky but not for ricky to be interested in ashley i uh, yeah i i don't know i have yeah yeah. So then we go to Dr. Bink's office and Amy comes in and she's like, this is about that bitch Ashley. I have no idea where she is. And Bink is like, start spreading the news. You got to keep singing. I don't know the song. I don't know what you're doing. He's She sings New York, New York. But she does it bum bum bummy instead. 
at first. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which, you're going to hate me, I love Dr. Bink. I think Mayim does a great job in this role. I think she... I don't love Dr. Bink, but I think Mayim is the only one who could pull this off. For sure. She makes me... Again, I think it is just the awful parade of guidance counselors we had before she showed up. But every time she shows up, I'm like, you know what? She's doing something for sure. I think she was only in like five episodes or something. So this might be the last time we see her. Damn it all. Um, Dr. Bink is clearly trying to tell Amy something. And Amy is like, I want to talk about Ben. Yeah. And Dr. Bink is like, do you want me to make an announcement? And she like, kind of makes fun of her, which is warranted. This is what Everyone I thought was so of iconic of her, honestly. Yeah. It's just like, oh, do you want me to put out a PA announcement about that? Uh, everyone, uh, Ben, you cannot come to Amy Jurgens' house today. But uh, we have this repeat thing where, like, last year, Mark applied for Grace for that summer program, and she got in. Yes. Or I guess Marshall had applied for Grace. Lots of adults just kind of overstepping their bounds in a way that's like helpful for these children's careers but also like not the sort of thing you can do because the marshall one makes more sense because he is a parent and authority figure with amy's it's like wouldn't you try to get like a parental approval before because like this is she got accepted to a program that's four weeks in new york it's four weeks all expenses paid program at like a school of music Nobokov. it's like kind of a yeah Nobokov. it's kind of like a step on your way to juilliard like if you want to go to juilliard you need to go to this music camp and but also like just like the like you have to usually put your social security number on like applications and so like for summer it's not really too? ethical huh for summer programs even pretty much for everything really I think, yeah, because that's a way to I- identify you. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, re- that's really what your social security number is. It's an, it's an identification tool. But, I mean, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, the information you have to put on an application, I feel like it's not super ethical for, like, her to go digging through Amy's school files to, like, pull that information, whatever. Yeah. So. It's just, it's, it's such a choice. Um to again sign someone up for a program that will take them from their family for four weeks without notifying the parents and especially when you know it's a teenager with a young child yeah because like at first amy's like oh i can't go because of john like i i don't want to like leave him and then she's like well John has a daddy, and I'm like... Oh my god, yeah, because Amy... John sure as hell does have a daddy. Stop that. Um, Amy says, I have a baby, I can't go, and Dr. Bink says, that baby has a daddy. Oh, that baby has a real daddy. Stop that. And then Dr. Bink is like, this is a really big deal, Amy, like, this could change your life, and Amy says, I can't change my life. And maybe I don't want to change my life. Maybe I want to stay right here this summer and try to make things work out with Ben. Gross. I love Ben. That should. Oh my not god! Be Did you say New her... York? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Um, I don't think like the sh- Ben should yeah, factor into, um, her decision whatsoever. I wish they would have left it at like I don't think I can leave John for that long. Also, 
it's like four weeks. Like, I don't know. It's like not that long. It's not, but like, that's your baby, you know? Oh, I'm not even saying about John. About they make such a big deal about Ben. Yeah, the Ben thing literally... is a complete non-issue for sure. Or it should be. It's four weeks, like whatever. So then we go. We go to a commercial break. We come back. Um, Amy is talking to Madison and Lauren, and Madison and Lauren like fucking hate that Amy like has opportunities and like that was is skillful. That was wild because they were like. How did you get that? And he was yeah. like, I've been practicing my French horn day and night until my fingers were raw and my lips were bleeding for years. Like, it took work and skill, and I'm a hard worker. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Which, honestly, point Amy, if I had like really exciting news like that, and my friend's first reaction was like, What did you do to deserve that? I probably would never speak to them again after internalizing what they said and crying about it for the next like three years. Yeah. So. But yeah, she's um, like, oh, they think Mr. Sedlak. Yeah. They think that the band teacher and Dr. Bink are fucking, which is how she got this thing. And they're like, you can take John with you. And Amy's like, well, I also have a job. And school programming is, like, not conducive to a baby, which is nice. She has learned that she can't just take off and, like, that is she, her job is a responsibility. The maturity that she's exhibited between um, being, like, I'm going to Bologna, I don't need my baby with me, to, like, I now recognize that I need to, like, be with my child. Which mm-hmm. is also pointed out where she... Because some one of them's like, "Oh, why? You were ready to go to take him with you when you were going to go to Bologna last summer," and she's like, "Yeah, but I was foolish then. I was but a child." Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, that was literally like last year." But um, do you think we'll ever see this Mister Sedlak now that they've given him a name? Um, I feel like haven't we seen him before? The band teacher. Yeah. I guess we've heard him telling Ben he doesn't know how to play the fucking cymbals. Ricky comes up and he's like, what's going on? And then he tells her congratulations. And he's like, I mean, I could take John for for those four weeks, but also like I pushed Ben to go out with you. So you shouldn't take off. And I was like, yeah, because that's what's important. Yeah. Don't don't make this about Ben. Ben should, again, be a non-issue in this decision. Yeah. John should be the only John is the only important factor in what she decides to do, in my opinion. Yeah. And then Ricky was going to babysit tonight for, like, Ben and Amy's date. But now he's not because Ben's just going to go over to their house for dinner with her stupid family. That kind of sucks for Ricky, too, if you get excited. Yeah, he looked so excited. He was like, what time am I picking? Um, What time am I picking John up tonight? He was so excited. And she's like, too bad I can't go to New York. Ha ha ha. Unless... What if I went to New York? Just kidding. But. Unless. Maybe. 
Um, and then Ben comes over to Amy and Ricky leaves after being like, don't be late for work. So then Ben and Amy talk and she's like music program and he forces a kiss to congratulate her. And it's so uncomfortable to see them kissing again. I hate that they're back together. I thought we were finally done with this. Yeah. Absolute bullshit. Ridiculous. Amy is like, boo, my mom and dad want us to have family time. Are they dumb idiots with poop for brains or what? Yeah. Like, why do they want us to bond? This is (laughs) stupid, right? Yeah. And she and she's like, you're invited over for dinner. And he's like, I'd love to come. And she's like, no, I fucking hate my family. Like, you don't want to come. They fucking suck. I hate them. And he's like, you know, he's being sweet about it. He's like, yeah, yeah I think it'll be fine. And then he ruins it by being like, we're family, Amy. Gross. Fucking gross. So, Everything he said up to that point, I'm like, that's actually cool. Yeah. So. Wait. Was it with when she was talking to Ricky? Is that when? She was like, well, Ben got to leave last summer. Why can't I leave this summer? Yeah. Okay. And then he was like, oh, yeah, how'd that work out for you? And then she's like, well, but it's not Bologna. It's New York. I'm assuming because Bologna is the oral sex capital of the world. But the thing she seems to forget is that New York is the anal sex capital of the world. So, like, (laughs) I think it's kind of a tit for tot. But let's, I think it's very important to address the issues on this podcast. And the issue is, why shouldn't Amy be, go to New York when Ben did go to Bologna? And the answer is because woman. Exactly. No, that just, I wanted to bring, I forgot when that conversation took place. I forgot when that conversation took place. And I just wanted to. Uh, no, I mean, adding that to that conversation, yeah. women shouldn't be able to do anything. That's so true. And I'm glad you took the stance because I've been thinking it this whole time, but I wasn't sure if that was PC enough, you know? Yeah. the like, radical left is monitoring us and censoring us for sure. But no, it is. It's just such. I like that she pointed that out. That's like, because if you remove John from the equation, there's no reason she shouldn't be able to leave for four weeks when Ben left for an entire summer. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I just wanted to go back to that just because I thought that was an important point to hit. And I'm glad we could. No, I was just adding on to Yeah, yours. no, and I appreciate that you were adding on to that because yeah, I just yeah. thought that was, I just forgot it when we were actually at that point. So I needed to like kind of ram that one right in there. Hey, baby, you want to come up? Okay. Seeing Fern, Fern is... there, I'm very concerned. I have not seen hide nor tail of Linus for like at least an hour and a half. She is, I don't know what she's doing, but you should keep it up because she is so soft. Like, I don't know what happened. Oh, what condition is she using? I know. I'm like, girl, what is your routine? (laughs) Drop the hair care routine. (laughs) What are you doing? Because you are the softest you've ever been. And it makes me emotional. Linus. How much I love you. Linus. Linus. I, don't, I, I just get nervous every time I haven't seen him for a while because I'm like, this is the time he finally chewed through an electrical cord and he's lying dead somewhere. <laughs> I love my boy, but he's not very bright. Yeah. But no, after you said that his shit stank, um, he disappeared and I haven't seen him. <laughs> he did jump off the balcony into the pool. Okay. That's surprising because I never taught him how to do that. It's kind of a Look special how, skill in my family. Look at how Fern is sitting right now. <laughs> Linus does that to me frequently. Isn't it lovely? I love when cats act like children. It just looks like... Okay. Yeah, Fern is for sure manspreading, and I wish that Russian chick who, like, threw bleach on people 
on the train was here to see it. <laughs> so activism, right? <laughs> I've ever since we switched to one episode a week, this is so much more fun. It really it feels not as it's much like a pressure. job for sure. Yeah. And we can kind of go on these tangents. So Grace, so we go to the Bowman household. It's after school. Grace comes in. She's just mad. She's having some teenage emotions, whatever. She's mad about being broken up with. And she looks at Kathleen and she's like, are those my jeans? So funny. And Grace is like, your dumb husband doesn't know shit about Adrian or her womb. And then Jack knocks on the <sighs> yes. door and Grace opens it and is like, fuck you. Just because Ben broke up with me doesn't mean I'm going to get back together with you. What the fuck? And... Did he scare you? Well, I just wasn't expecting it because I was like, I haven't seen Linus in forever. And all of a sudden I turn around and he's just laying there as if he's been there for hours. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm happy you're here, bud. But you just, I wasn't expecting that. He moves so quietly. It is an issue. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Did you ever have parents take your clothing? My mom wears stuff of mine from high school now. My father sometimes takes would take my stuff. Or, like, my mom would do laundry and she'd forget if it was mine or my father's. And all of a sudden I'd walk in and he'd be, like, wearing my stuff. And it would piss That's me funny. off. I would do that with, like, my brother. I mean, with my siblings. But So, Jack comes in and he's like, oh, I wanted to talk to you, Mrs. Bowman. And she's like, oh, it's actually Mrs. Zagay. <laughs> yes. And Grace is like, when did that happen? And she's like, when I got married... And I said, Kathleen's last name is Zagay, which is what I am for Kathleen. God, no. Um, so then Jack wants to talk to Kathleen. Which, he this is where I thought is, that maybe, does Jack want to do like a Mrs. Robinson sitch with Kathleen? Are they going to get together? No. I think he's very happy with Madison. I think it would be totally fine for him to live with. We'll get to it. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so... He's asking to live here, and he's like, my dad got a job teaching at his alma mater. And I was like, number one, please give a name to the school that Reverend Stone is teaching to instead of saying his alma mater. Just give any fucking name. They're doing what we do. They don't want to give free clout. (laughs) (laughs) And then number two, Jack, you're underselling your father. He was asked to head the department. That's a big deal. That's actually huge. I do love that he's like, my father's leaving the church. And Kathleen's like... Of his own will. He's <laughs> getting marched out with pitchforks. Yeah. So then... Which makes me wonder Kath- what she has on Jack's father. I know. That she assumed immediately that it was under it's bad circumstances. Real, um, Abigail Williams. Breslin's. Oh. Situation of from the Crucible. Never seen it. Oh my god. Sorry, I only, like... Engage with interesting pieces of media. The Crucible is so interesting. I'm sure it is. It's about the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, I didn't really agree with those. I thought they were bad, you know, and I don't want to support them with my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that the whole book is about how they were bad, and it's an it's a metaphor for the Red Scare. Oh, but 1960s. I was for the Red Scare. Oh, I thought okay, that was really great. cool. I thought it was great to just see them protecting our country like that. McCarthyism, is... more like Mc... McDaddyism. 
McCarthy was kind of a zaddy, you know? Like, people don't talk about that enough. I would turn in my commie friends if I got a chance to, you know, turn on those cheeks. Okay, so our friendship is ruined. What? Are you not a McCarthy stan? I don't know what this man looks like. What was his full name? Uh, John? Andrew? John Andrew McCarthy. No, I think it was Andrew McCarthy. I don't okay. know. It's either Andrew McCarthy I or John McCarthy. F- I think he was a senator from Minnesota or something. Okay. Andrew McCarthy. Ooh, he's an American actor and he could get it. Oh, then not. Oh, that he was in St. Elmo's Fire and pretty, pi- pretty in Pink. Yeah, he was hot. Okay, Andrew <laughs> McCarthy for sure could get it. <laughs> okay, then John. It's John a McCarthy. A little some of this. Um. Yeah, I just need a, a full name and a face if I'm going to use my death note. Joseph McCarthy from oh, Wisconsin. Joseph. Wow, okay, what a so legacy. Oh. Wisconsin. He's ugly. I mean, so you're I would he could get it for sure, but I'm not proud of it. It says right there. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> Is he dead? Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow, he died in 57 already. At age 48. And that's how you get, that's how you age when you're problematic. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kathleen... So, Jack asks to live with the Bowmans. And Kathleen is like, listen, Jack. Here's the thing. Is that I'm a newlywed and my sex life is scarring my children. Yes. So, I, do. I don't think it'd be appropriate for you to live here. Also, you had sex with Grace, and, you know, Tom hates you. I lo- And I was like, great Christian spirit, Kathleen. I'm disappointed in you. Why is no one housing this boy? Well, one thing that is so funny is before Kathleen even says any of that, Grace is like, no way in hell is he living with us. And Kathleen's like, Grace... Like, she's right, but, like, don't word it like that. Um, I think the only reason I'm a little bit, like, I understand why you're saying this, Kathleen, is because if I was a teenager and one of my exes was living with me, that would be a a kind of hell for me, for sure. (laughs) That would be your 13th reason. (laughs) (laughs) I just know, like, with the emotions running high, I don't think that would have been a healthy situation for grace potentially no i understand it um but also otherwise i do think it was logical i did know a few people who didn't live with like their biological family in high school who like i don't know i never learned the reasons why but they moved in with friends and such that as someone who that did not happen to and it's not even right. Jack's not even getting kicked out of his yeah. house. Like, he can always go to Arizona. He can always... I'm sure someone at the church would probably take him in. I'm surprised that um, parents aren't doing more to find a place for him. Yeah, he can always do that thing where he lives in the crawl space of, like, a house and, like, the people think they're being haunted. Those stories freak me out. Anyway. Are you, are you suggesting he parasites some family? Yeah. Hot. <laughs> but, like... He could live in a pit, you know, like... Yeah. Like Andy 
in yeah, Parks and Rec. Get a sure. get a ten. Yeah. I, like I can't imagine being in high school and being kicked out of my house. I spent a lot of time imagining it, so I can imagine it, but I think in reality it would have been a lot worse. Yeah, me too. I mean, and I almost got, like, not to, you know, disclose too much trauma on the podcast, but, like, after I came out, I, like, almost got pulled from college. So, like, you know, like, a real thing, but by that time I was, like, 19 That's and I thing. could have like, gotten a job and I could have figured it out and like I pretty much did I graduated college and yeah but as a, as an adult I can't imagine doing it as a teacher for the sure age of no 18, that's yeah. yeah or especially like I mean regardless of being 18 like while you're still attending high school yeah whatever so Jack takes the rejection very nicely he's in He's invited over for dinner, and he's like, I'd love to stay. Grace is pissed. She leaves. Whatever. We go to Ashley and Adrian. They're sitting around. They have some ice cream tubs in front of them. And Ashley is like, ha, 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 ha. Isn't it so funny how my dumb mom is cooking and cleaning and taking care of a baby right now, and I'm skipping school and eating ice cream with you? And Adrian's like, well, you're going to get in trouble. And Ashley's like, well, it's worth it. And Adrian calls her fearless. And Ashley's like, well, you're fearless too. And Adrian's like, no, I'm more I'm more of a 1989, personally. Yeah. Um, and then Ashley doesn't care what anyone thinks as long as she Wait, feels like she's doing the right thing. I'm sorry. I hate to be this person. Um, I need to redo that joke. Because really, if we're being honest, Adrian's more of a reputation for sure. Okay. In 1989. I'm so sorry. Do you want me to do it again? No. Oh, okay. You just want that part in it. I just need people to know that I'm not foolish enough to think that Adrian is a 1989 over a reputation, which makes so much more sense. Yeah. I just need people to know I'm, you know, not a fake Swifty. Yeah. So. I don't need the Swifties after my ass again, you know? (laughs) Ashley says she doesn't care what anyone thinks as long as she feels like she's doing the right thing. This is a light bulb moment, moment for Adrian. She's like, you're right. I can get an abortion and it's no one's business but mine. And, you know, Ashley is like, well, it's also Ben's business. Fuck that. And Ben and my phone just fell and scared the living shit out of me. Um, Ashley is such a meninist. Yeah, she really is. But Ashley's like, you know, Ben should know. And Adrian is like. Ben doesn't want to know. He's a rich kid. Like, he doesn't want to have to deal with this. And this I was, was actually like, yes. huge. I f- love finally seeing Ben's class addressed here. Right. I guess. But I also, like, let's just be real and say that no one in this show is poor. No, but I think Adrian of all of them was the closest for sure. Until her just, father. It, no, because her mother bought her that car and her mother had enough money to put her through college. Yeah, but that was through like saving up for years and being like right. gone frequently because of um, her job. I'm not through. saying, I'm not saying that Adrian, I'm just saying no one in this. Yeah. Know, Maybe besides, like, Shauna and Duncan, who we will never see again. Yeah. No one in this show is, like, 
actually on or below the poverty line. No. No, for sure. Because, like, I think um, Adrian for sure was, like, middle class compared to the rest yeah. of them being, like, upper middle class. But it is Which is still enough of a difference remember. to know like, yeah. how you're going to react to news like this. Yeah, but it is important to recognize that Ben is a bitch yeah. with a fucking butler and a well, that's the thing. Like Ben, driver. Ben is like several levels above everyone else. Yeah, but Ben yeah, should be guillotine for sure. Yeah, I think if anyone in the show has the right to call out Ben for being a rich kid, it's Adrian. Not yeah. to say that she's doing not well financially. So especially now that Ruben's in the picture. She's like, he was so heartbroken at the positive test, which I get. And Adrienne is going to tell her mom and like, hopefully her mom will go to the abortion appointment with Adrienne. And Ashley brings up, she's like, remember when, you know, like Amy was going to get an abortion and then Ben was like, don't. And Adrienne is like, yeah, well, that wasn't his kid, which is a great, you know, like with John Ben had a choice to be involved, Mm -hmm. you know, with Adrian's baby. He doesn't. So, like, you're going to react differently, I guess. For sure. And Adrian, I don't know, Ashley hugs Adrian. It felt like Ashley was trying to say, like, oh, you could tell Ben and he could go with you to the clinic. As if the whole reason Ben went to the clinic wasn't to convince Amy to have the baby. Yeah. So, like, either way, he wasn't being supportive of Amy's decision. He brought a little pair of shoes. He's like, your baby, by now it has fingernails. Ugh, I hate that scene in Juno. I love it. Juno would have been... Juno's a great movie. Yes. Would have been a better movie. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a movie. If Juno had the abortion, it would have ended five minutes in. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a short film. My favorite type. <laughs> I feel like that movie has shaped a generation. As soon as I saw Elliot Page, I was like, I am a queer person. Okay. Ashley comforts Adrian. She gives her a hug. At this moment, Ricky knocks on the door. Ashley goes upstairs to wait. If you told me if like your ex came to the door and you were like, do you mind waiting upstairs for me? I'm going up three stairs and then I'm listening. (laughs) I'm not going upstairs to your room. I am going up a couple steps so you can't see me anymore and I'm listening. Yeah. Ashley goes upstairs and Adrian opens the door and Ricky's sad and says, are you pregnant? And then Adrian looks sad and he just walks away. Beautiful physical acting from both of them. Yeah. Sad Adrian closes the door I said sad dog, like that meme in Bojack. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Peter Butter. Yeah. (laughs) And Francie is really doing the most here. For sure. We move on to the butcher shop. Ben and Bunny are having a conversation because Ben just organized the pasta alphabetically. And Bunny is like, the fuck? If you need busy work, I'll give you busy work. He's like, sorry, I'm seeing Amy for the first time since we started dating again. I'm trying to make time go fast. She's like... You idiot. The pasta was in size order from risotto to lasagna. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I am an idiot. Yeah. I love getting my pasta at the butcher shop. That's the number one place I go for pasta. Are you making a joke? Because I legitimately love getting pasta from the butcher shop. 
Like boxed pasta? Yeah, it's usually fancier. I'd get like fresh pasta. Whatever. A lot of fresh pasta still comes in a box. I The props they used weren't actual fresh pasta, but um I think if they put any more This is actually you're actually oppressing me right now as someone who can't eat gluten. Oh, well, then you're not getting your pasta anywhere. It's not just a, po- a butcher shop problem. <laughs> no. No, our anyway. local butcher shop usually had, like, artisanal goods of all varieties around. You know, like, you could get okay. cheese from the various cheese factories or, you know, pasta or... from places that make pasta nearby or, like, summer sausage or all sorts of stuff. But moving on. Ricky comes up and he's like, yeah, I know about Adrian. And Ben is like, what? Huh? Huh? Because Ben really thinks this isn't an, an issue anymore. And Ricky's like, Adrian's pregnant. And he's like, well, you know, like she was, but, you know, it's not a problem anymore. And he's like, she's still pregnant. And Ben's like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And he's like, just like, Ben just says to Ricky, he's like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, and Ricky continues to try to push the issue. And Ben is like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear anything you're saying. Stop lying, you fucking idiot. And Ricky is like, I'm here for you, Ben. Like, When you're ready to accept reality, like, we could talk. And not even, like, except, because that seems, like, a little bit harsh, but, like, I've been where you are or whatever, like, I mean, I guess except reality. I think he was being a little harsh, too, because I think he was a little pissed still. Okay. Like, but. Like, I think. I think it's cute that he wants to be there for no, him. No, I think he wants to be there for him, but at the same time, he's like, I hate this man in a little, a little, a part of me hates, you know. Yeah. So then we go to the Jurgens' house. George is pissed and hasn't made dinner yet because woman. And yeah, she's like, wait, we're starting the family dinner thing tonight? Like, don't you think if you thought I was cooking it, you maybe should have, like, consulted with me? Let me know I was supposed to be making dinner as I was also doing yeah. laundry, walking your fucking dog. Which, Anne, you wanted to keep the dog. Yeah, I don't think Anne has any legs to stand on when it comes to Moose. Yeah. <sighs> Also, during this conversation, she's feeding Robbie in a car seat instead of a high chair. Just get a high chair, people. Please. She didn't mean... Okay, she didn't mean tonight about the dinner. And he's like, well, I told Amy she couldn't go out, so we have to do it. She's like, you know what? Fine. You do your share of labor. Like, if you want to have family dinners, like, you gotta have to... You have to cook dinner. Yeah. You fucking lazy pig. Or at the very least, like, let me know we're doing it. (laughs) Yeah. And he, she's like, why don't you just like call dial and order in Chinese? And he's like, why don't I order in English? It'll get here faster. <laughs> that was a fantastic joke. George should go yeah, into comedy fine. for sure. Um, Anne is mad that George invited Ben to dinner because she's like, wait, this is a family dinner. Yeah. And it's like, girl, the point is eating together. I Bring guests in. I think... If she was actually planning on it being a family dinner, she would have more legs to stand on. You know what I mean? Like, she just found out this was a family dinner 20 minutes ago, so I don't think she should be angry that Ben's coming. If it was actually intended to be, like, just the family, like, I get sometimes having that without significant others. But also, it's like Kathleen invited Jack to dinner. Like, if I ever had friends over after school working on a project or whatever, my parents would always invite them to dinner. So it's normal to have people who are not from your family show up to family dinner. Yes, but I think the big point of their family dinners was to work through all their conflict. 
Which you might not want outside people. Was Doctor Ken Fields gonna show up? Probably. <laughs> God. No, but I, from what I understood of why Anne wanted family dinners, it was so that they would like actually treat each other that like seems people. Like a horrible format to do that. Oh, anyway, for sure. So... But like, if that's what her intended purpose is, I understand being upset that Ben was invited without giving her any notice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There were occasionally in our family there would be like dinners where it's like okay we just want to like like we have something we want to talk about so we're just all gonna right but like not this one whatever you know like it was not discussed that this was gonna be family only like or said, every family dish like because she's like makes it seem like every dinner is gonna be the family only or whatever so yeah i wasn't quite sure what to make of that but um then like i said if sh- if she'd actually if she actually knew it was a family dinner before 20 like three seconds ago i think she would have maybe had more of a leg to stand on yeah but if they're just ordering a chinese in any way it doesn't really make a difference i don't think they ordered like a hundred dollars worth of chinese food too i wish that were me i guess to feed the that family it probably is more expensive Our, to... yeah when we would buy food for six people it'd always be like more than 50 bucks i always forget that like with bigger families like People don't go out to eat as often, which makes sense. Yeah, we would get, we would usually only get pizza on Saturday nights, and that's like, oh, is our meal out? Yeah, and we didn't, you know, like, I act like we were going out all the time, but like, we usually had maybe one meal out a week, but that's still more than people I know. Right, but like, even comparatively to like going to a restaurant, we would always just, yeah, no, and I I totally understand that. It's just, it's always, I always forget, like, yeah, because my family was just like, my parents and my brother and me. So, like, four people is a yeah. lot cheaper to feed at a restaurant then than, like... Because, like, my sister-in-law had five brothers and sisters. So, like, oh it God. was eight of them. So, they didn't really yeah. go out to That's eat wild. much at all. And when they did, it was, like, on a road trip with a strict budget. Yeah, we would get to pick a restaurant for our birthdays. But... So... We see a shot of Robbie. We get to see him for the first time in, like, forever. Um, just staring right into the camera, breaking the fourth yeah, wall. Yeah, like, Have a little professionalism, kid. Exactly. Stop hiring unprofessional actors. Thank you. There's There are people who would kill for a job like this. Yeah. And you're just he phoning is squandering it in his every opportunity. time. Um, also, he's a correctly aged baby, which is great. Also, I think this baby literally might have regressed in age, to be honest. Well, they probably were like, we can't have two massive babies. <laughs> like, I think the baby before this one was older than this one is now. Whatever. Ashley comes home and Anna's like, how was school? And George is like, how'd you get home? And Ashley's like, I walked. And Anna's like... She was at Adrian's all day. She's lying to you. And um, Ashley goes, what? We didn't go to school? And George goes, huh? Which was so funny. This scene was honestly (laughs) iconic in so many ways. Everything that happens next, no notes, all good. Um, the whole, this whole episode, India Isley's hair has looked really good. She looks great this episode. Like, her outfit's on point. So, Anne didn't, so Ashley's like, well, if you knew I was over there, why didn't you come and get me? And Anne's like, I didn't come to get you because 
Ashley thinks she's all grown up. So I'm like basically washing my hands of her. Like she has to be responsible to do whatever she thinks is like supposed to happen. What a horrible mother. Like, well, I was going to say this is like a classic sitcom trope. Oh, it is. But it's like you. Like uh, children are not always going to do what they are supposed to do. And, like, you can't force them, but, like, you should be providing guidance. Yeah. And she basically is, like, you know, if Ashley doesn't want to go to school, like, she's now responsible for herself. So, like, you know, she can deal with whatever happens if she doesn't go. And Ashley turns to George and is, like, she's my favorite now. And George is so, he looks like he got shot. Yeah, he's, like, pissed at Anne. He's, like, oh, so now you're trying to be a cool mom? And she's, like, no, I'm trying to be a better mom, which is just batshit insane. And then George is, like, I'm mad at you. Oh, George follows Ashley into the hallway and is, like, hey, I'm talking to you. Turn around. How dare you say I'm not your favorite? What the fuck? Yeah. And she's, like, you know, mom said it's an option now. And he's, like, birth control is an option, not school. School's mandatory. This is what happens when you don't give your kids boundaries when they're younger. This, what I was thinking was this was a play by Anne, for sure, to show George, like, how Mm. much his monstrous behavior has affected Ashley. You know what I mean? Like, I don't for a second think she's actually going to let Ashley do whatever she wants. I feel like, if anything, this was more supposed to be... um, A lesson for George. A lesson for George as opposed to a lesson for Using your children as pawns... You know, I've heard that has really great lasting effects. Yeah. Like, obviously it's not good, but like, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, obviously this is something that you don't do in real life, but like, I've seen so many episodes of like every sitcom where it's like, oh, I get to do whatever I want now. And then like 30 minutes later, they're like, mom, I really appreciate you so much. It's not something that works in reality, but like. This feels like such a, this is the episode that I'm like, they really should have made this a 30 minute sitcom instead of what they did. Because that is, again, like a trope that feels very out of place in like a hour long drama. Mm -hmm. But like if this was a different format, so much of the stuff that's like feels wild in this show, I think would have felt so much better if it was in like a full house format, you know? Yeah. Because they keep on trying to do both and it's not good. Yeah. It doesn't work. We go to the Bowman household. Jack is like, thank you for letting me stay. And Kathleen is like, for dinner, you mean? He he he. Get the fuck out of my house. You can never stay here. And then Tom comes in and he's a jerk to Jack, whatever. And Jack goes to get Grace because he knows the way, according to Tom, to her bedroom. So then we go to Jack and Grace sitting in Grace's bedroom. Grace is obsessing over Adrian being pregnant. She's like, you don't think she would have lied and then gotten an abortion? And it's like, regardless of what you think about that, when you're obsessing over something, like, that's toxic and, like, not healthy for you to be, like, obsessing over this thing, you know? But that, honestly, I hate to say it, that's very, excuse me, that's very on brand for, like, Christian pro-life teams that have had it, like, hammered into their heads that, like, the worst thing a person can do is have an abortion. Like, her, like fixation on this like i've seen it in so many people like that i grew up with and that i don't talk to anymore because they like Mm -hmm. 
were protesting outside of Planned Parenthood at, like, nine years old. You yeah. know, like, it... It sucks, and I love... I do love that um, Jack and Grace had this conversation, because Jack really does, like, show what I feel is, like, the most Christian way to handle any of this. Yeah. Where he's like... Says, you know, it's between her and God, her and, and God. not for us to judge. Yeah, and if if she's, I really believe that, if she's lying because she doesn't want us to know, then she obviously doesn't feel comfortable with us, and we can't. We need to make her feel safe and comfortable, and maybe someday she will feel comfortable talking about it. But we can't force that. This is her entirely, and we need to just like. It's her choice. We need to let her do what she's gonna do, and we need to move mm-hmm. on from it. This is. We're not involved here, and maybe we shouldn't yeah. be, which I thought was really and refreshing to hear, actually. Yeah, our himbo king. For sure. Then, you know, Jack comforts Grace, whatever. Headcanon, Grace is not really upset about abortion as an act, but she is so in love with Adrian. She had this picture of her and Adrian running off together and raising this baby. <gasps> That's why she's fixating on it and is so upset. Mm. And why she's being insufferable. Yeah. I'd support. So then we go back to the Jurgens kitchen. Anne and George are fighting about their kids. And they're like, we have to be on the same page for Amy and Ashley. And George is like, and Robbie. Haha, <laughs> you forgot Robbie. But and Moose, you forgot the dog. Blah, blah, blah. George is so and caught Anne's up like, in, like, being right and, like, gotching yeah. literally everything Anne says. And, like, I have no idea why she's even trying to make this work anymore. I remember reading Silver Linings Playbook when I was in high school. Did you ever read that book? Read it, watched the movie several times, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The the book is, is really good. And it, it differs from the movie, like, in very significant ways but a huge part of that book is like the main character pat or whatever he's like i'm focusing on being kind rather than right and that has like always stick stuck with me like when i'm talking to people i'm like would i rather be right right now or would i rather be kind yeah that is and sometimes i would rather be right well that's the thing there are situations for sure where right beats kind and sometimes the most kind thing to do is to correct someone who's wrong yeah. Um, even if it doesn't come across in that moment. Um, but yeah, that's very... That was a big thing. That was a big theme of the uh, the box office sensation Wonder starring Jacob Tremblay and mm. um, Owen Wilson. But yeah, that was, you know, one of David Diggs' precepts that he put on the board, which was like, when given the choice between being right and being kind, choose kind. Yeah. Which... Again, I think that's very situational. George needs to learn it to, like, literally be kind at any point. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he's just, like... The way he's been acting, I have no idea why... Again, why Anne's even attempting to make this work. Yeah. Um, And Anne's like, listen, I didn't say Ashley didn't have to go to school. I said it was her responsibility to go to school. It's the law that's making her go. And George is like, yeah, but who do you think is going to get in trouble if she doesn't go to school? And... And um, Ashley comes in and she's like, yeah, what is, like, the penalty? This is actually very funny because they're all like, I've never thought about this. I don't know. It's probably bad, though. No one knows what the penalty for truancy is. And then he's like, 
so, so I don't remember. Something comes up about the house being sold next door. And so like they're, Anne's mad at George for like selling Ruben and Cindy the house. And he's like, oh, is that what this is about, Cindy? Oh. And she's like, you know, it wasn't, but thanks for the reminder. That's always fun. I love when you yeah. say the wrong thing in an argument and then you accidentally give them more ammo to be angry about. Yeah. So then Amy comes home super excited to tell everyone about the music program. This she actually was so sad to be. It was. She was so she's excited. Holding, she's holding John and she's like, guess what? And they all turn and they're like, what? And she's like, okay, never mind. Yeah. And Ash and Ashley's like, might want to take John into the nursery unless you want him to learn some new words. Um, do these people just lock like Robbie and John in the nursery like unsupervised? For sure. Because it's like when Amy and this is very confusing. The timeline of this episode is confusing because Amy and Ben were talking about um when they were gonna meet for dinner and it was gonna be after work, so it was gonna be around six or like six fifteen or whatever. Yeah. And then, like, Ben leaves the dinner at 6.15 and is home by 6.30. So, I don't know. Also, like, seemingly school gets over at, like, 2 o'clock. And they're only working for, like, three hours. Well, that's kind of um, after-school jobs. No, I get that. I just, like, it's always, like, so dark in California. Which is where they live. At, like... 5 p.m. when they come home from work so i guess just based on the level of light i've always thought they're coming home at like 9 p.m or something i have no idea i can't i can't think about these <laughs> nothing things. in this show yeah. is thought through so um it would help if we knew at literally any point what month we were supposed to be in <laughs> does brenda Hampton have kids have we looked this up we know she's married i can't think about her either frankly <laughs> I know she didn't, Jeffrey Rogers wrote this episode, but um, she does not know how kids work. So Amy is pissed that they're having Chinese food for dinner because which, Ben is coming over, which honestly is g- good. Well, this is the thing. I love Chinese food, so I'd be okay with it. But it is, I think her anger is valid because I think it's more like, dad said I couldn't go out with Ben because we were having this nice family dinner and really it's just Chinese takeout. And now Ben's going to be here yeah. for that. And he also thinks it's like this nice family dinner. So like, what's going on yeah. here? Family. So Ben shows up at the door with like pastries and flowers. And everyone is just like. Cricket, cricket, cricket. And Ashley says. And so it begins. So then we this go to the just, family dinner. This looks like hell to me. This whole experience. Yeah. It's so Dream awkward. Dream blood rotation. Ben am I right? <laughs> What? Dream blunt rotation, am I right? <laughs> yeah, no, this looks so uncomfortable. Um, Bennis looks at his watch and he's like, well, it's 6.15, so I'm going to go. And Amy walks him out and he's like, listen, don't be embarrassed. It's totally fine. Like, families argue, you know, like, and they find a way to work through it. Like, we'll argue too and we'll work through it. He's talking about Adrian right now. Yeah, he's so obviously like, haha, um, I put a baby inside Adrian and eventually you're going to find out so you need to remember what I'm saying now and I need you to agree now so that when you bring it up I can be like, oh, you said we were going to work through anything. Yeah. And then they say they love each other and he's like, I love you no matter what. And she's like, why do you keep saying weird shit like that? Yeah, she calls him on it. She's like, there's obviously something wrong and like, 
are you going to tell me, or are you just going to say vaguely cryptic shit about how we love each other forever, no matter what any of us have done? Yeah. And he's like, no, and this is like, normal no, stuff I'm to say. Just... People say this frequently. Yeah. And I said, remember when he fucked Adrian in your driveway? Hot. That's actually the plot of the new movie Voyeurs, starring um, Justice Smith <laughs> and Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> Is that a movie or a show? Movie, I believe. Oh, okay. On Prime. It's an erotic thriller. Amy goes back to the dining room where Ashley is wolfing down food and George and Anna have just appeared. They've been raptured. Oh, and God, I wish. She's like, I got into this music program. It's oh. really exciting. And Ashley barely and looks Ashley's up. Like, and she's like, mm-hmm. This just made me so sad. This is all Amy gets for this like really exciting yeah. thing that she knows she probably won't get to you go to. You know what I want to see? so badly is like amy picking john up from the nursery or like it's the end of work and she's like putting him in the car seat and like chatting with him and they're driving home and she's like guess what today i got into this music program and i don't know if i can go but it's really exciting i would have cried yeah that would have been so problematic for amy to do that because she should only give big news when like the whole family's present (laughs) Amy should not ever have personal moments with John. That's actually really fucked up because John does have a family. There was a cupcake involved, so. (laughs) You want her to throw another party after the last one? (laughs) So then we go to Ben and Leo. This is the last scene of the episode. Um, They're in Ben's bedroom and Leo is like, oh, I was just leaving you a note. We just like, our flight got in early or whatever, which is... Not really a thing that happens with flights. It's so right? rare, and you would have to kind of schedule Plan. it. You know, yeah. like like you can get you can land like half an hour earlier or whatever, yeah. right? Based on the wind or whatever. But it's not like oh, our flight got in a whole eight hours early. It's like, yeah, it's like oh, you got on the wrong yeah, flight. Yeah, you booked, That's what happened. You booked a flight home earlier because you didn't want to leave your dumbass son alone any longer. Like that's fine to say. Yeah. You can say that. Yeah. Also, like the timeline of the show is so confused. I guess I guess it's been like a week or however long they've it been. It feels gone. like eternity. I thought it had been like a month yeah. since the wedding, but well, um, a, Ben is yeah. upset. It's important to remember that the season starts like two days after the wedding, even though it feels like it's yeah. been three and a half months based on the way everyone talks to each other. Yeah, Ben is upset and is like. You go to dinner with Betty and we can talk about it when we get when you get back. And Leo's like, I always have time for you. Like, I love you. I'm your dad. Whatever happened, we can fix it. Did you wreck your car? Um, did you have, throw a party? A lamp got broken? Yeah, whatever. I can't imagine like, anything well, you could have done that we can't fix and take care of. And Ben's like, yeah. that's what I'm afraid of. Right. Which I'm guessing he's saying that he's like against abortion yeah which again we've we've known yeah he's like i'm afraid of this problem getting fixed and then he says it he states it to his dad he said adrian's pregnant and it's my baby and leo just sits on the bed he doesn't speak there's no more dialogue for the end of the episode he just can't believe it this poor italian man it's just rough. Like, and then just he once, hopped I'd into a green see... tunnel and he went down and it was the bonus level. That's so fucked up. Look, we have a person of color on this show suffering <laughs> and you're making a joke of it. 
Like, it's just, it's so hard to see Italians reduced to stereotypes like this. <laughs> well, he was wearing red overalls, so I don't know what to tell you. I hate you. <laughs> also, Mario doesn't even wear red overalls. Yes, he does. Those shits are denim, and he wears a red shirt and a red hat. <laughs> you know what? Keep your opinions to yourself. What? Oh, okay, so you meant the 1980s cartoon that, like, three people watched. <laughs> Not canonical Mario? Okay, Mario Odyssey, sure. But there's definitely... So so your point was that he's worn red overalls at least once in the past. In, like, his earliest appearances. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But, like, if you look at this little evolution of Mario, not since, like, his very first appearances did he wear red overalls. He spent significantly. Paper Mario. I was thinking of Paper Mario sixty four, but he still wears. Yeah, he's been wearing blue overalls significantly longer than he ever wore red. So don't act like I'm the problem here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I guess in Super Mario Odyssey, you mean every appearance for the last twenty years, Aaron? Leave me alone. That's cool. Um, can we finish this? Because I'm sick of talking about Secret Life. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the end of the episode. I don't have many thoughts about it. I fucking hate where this show is going. Um, yeah. This has been Secret Life to Gamer. <laughs> oh, wait. My I, had, I had one final thought on the show just because I don't Oh, my God. I gave you hurt. such a long... I gave you a pregnant pause. Yeah, but I was reading Mario's Wikipedia page. Um... My only comment is somewhere in here, Ben's like, yeah, I've never had dinner with the Jurgenses before, which feels like it must be a lie. Well, I mean, Amy was just taking her and John's food to her bedroom for so long. But like we saw him eating pizza with the Jurgens family in season one. Did we? Everyone minus Anne. And he brought Henry Oh, along. I guess. You know, like... Well- I He's guess, had dinner. Yeah. Like, I find it hard to believe I mean, Henry that they dated too, that so. long and he never ate with. Because, like, when you date someone in high school, the parents usually have you over for dinner every now and then. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that they dated for, like, an entire year. And this is the first time he's ever had dinner with Amy's family. But that's just a tiny little nitpicky thing. So, this has been Secret Life of Two Gamer American Teenagers. My name is Aaron. My name is Jesse. This has been season three, episode two, Accentuate the Positive. Yeah, and there were no positives about this episode. Frankly, I've lost the will to live. Jesse, where can people give us money? Patreon, for sure. Yeah, give us money there. Yeah. And um, for some... Co- yeah, some exclusive content. We've got some bonus episodes coming down the pipe. At least one. Yeah. Maybe more. And then we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have a TikTok at your two gay friends. They're in the description. You can follow Jesse on Twitter at GoJesse2K20. You can follow our other podcast at Never Been Cool. You can send us an email at SL with Jesse and Aaron at gmail.com. You can leave us a rating and review on 
iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And I be- and you can leave us a voice message on Anchor. We love those. Did you, did you say you so. could leave a review on... I on did. what? iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I hope you have a wonderful night. And I hope that you drink some really good seltzer. Yeah, and I hope that you're not taking the news of Kaylee Cuoco's Emmy loss too hard. Because I know I am, frankly. Yeah. yeah. So... All right, goodbye. Do you drink during this podcast? Huh? Yeah, I've been drinking Spindrift and Polar Seltzer this entire time. Are those alcohol? No. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) I was just really concerned for your eternal soul, frankly. No, I could not. I don't like spike seltzer anyway.